The pipes. The, the pipes are rolling us in. I love this song. Do you know this song? You know this song. You just don't. Is this the Dropkick Murphys? No, better. Okay. No, I don't know it. Mr. S- Mr. Steve Earle. Copperhead Road. Oh, I do know this. Oh, yeah. I've been on Nashville's Broadway street. Yeah. <laughs> it's... So you've heard every version of it. Yes, I have. Good, bad, Women, and ugly. Women, men, with the fiddle, without the fiddle, you know, pipes, without, nah, I guess the pipes are always there, huh? Yeah, but there's not too many, like, bagpipe players down on Broadway these days. No. Um, we're back. we got another episode. Um, let's just get it out of the way, Jared. How happy are you <laughs> that you are in... The 62040, my friend. Dude, I was driving here, and I thought I, like, warped into a different world. I mean, this is the most depressing fucking town I've ever seen. Uh, no, that's just the nicotine on your windshield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I was in French Lick, Indiana on a foggy day. No, no, no. You cross over those tracks, and all of a sudden, you're like, God damn, he's got character. He's got character. He's got no teeth. He's got character. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I can appreciate this town. This is these are my people. You know, it's you know, you say, "Oh, I'm from a blue-collar town," or "Oh, I'm from a rust belt town." No, I mean, that's what this is. I'm not from a blue-collar town and a rust belt town. If this is the definition of blue-collar and rust belt, well, you can't get into town without crossing a rail, railroad track. One, actually, I think there's only one way to get into town now without crossing a track, and. Obviously, right here on the uh, St. Louis side of the the town is uh, Grand City Steel. I, I passed a quick trip on the way in. I think it was the first quick trip ever built. Probably. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, uh, the, the, the the hand pump. The little, the little dude will run out and clean your windshield, too. I think they're still selling the quick trip book at the register. Yeah, yeah, the... Uh, Here's your 1972 Cadillac Chevelle, you know, hand handbook. Go start your car again. We're in Granite City. We're at Pavia's place. Nick Pavia uh, was kind enough to open his doors, give us a power source, drink some of his beers. Um, how's your day going? Um, I had a good day in the world of logistics today for a Friday. Oh, yeah? Usually I want to claw my teeth out and claw my eyes out and all the other sayings that I just didn't make sense saying. Um, but it, it, it was okay. So I can't complain. I'll like try- you the other day, I'm half full. 60% full. 60% full. Yeah, no, half full is debatable. Yeah. 60%, like, there's room for a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. I, I want to start with a quick recap of the previous episode, you know, because it's uh, out of the gate. The response to it's been really incredible, and it's really just a testament to the guest, the Mr. Tim Leonard um, uh, class of 93, Melville kid, went to SLU, uh, played some pro ball, uh, headed out to Irvine, worked with Don Ebert with the strikers out there, kind of cut his teeth honing the craft on the coaching training side, comes back here, uh, you know, he works with Dale at SDLFC, was at the club, Gallagher, Scott Gallagher, now he's there, you know, again, has been for a number of years, and, I, you know, it, it's virtually impossible to find somebody to say a negative thing about the dude. And there's way more people that are willing to be vocal about how positive he is. So I, I had a blast with the episode, and he killed it. 
Yeah, I, I uh, what you said there is spot on. Um, he's the actual, also the the type of guy that if I'm in company of somebody that does say something bad about him, you don't know what you're talking about. You're dude. gonna go Granite City, on him? yeah. So, <laughs> like to me, coincidentally, our guest today probably has some background with him, and uh, and we got a little theme going here. Um, we got original guys, and Tim Leonard was definitely one of those from the wonderful bush soccer club so uh we're gonna follow today up and and you know here after the intro with with today's wonderful guest um a lot of similarities there but for me um driving home from that um i just had a smile on my face because that guy is a flat out ace yeah you know it's funny because we you know it's getting to the point where we're, we're we're so privileged to be able to have these conversations and pump them out and there's a lot of people that are really kind of like uh, positive, just feedback in general. Even, even like, hey man, I didn't know about this question. You know, you got Jason Glover out there that busts our balls at every turn. Uh, yet he's loyal. We love our Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had multiple people um, contact me today after they listened to the episode. I mean, I think you release them at, in the evening, and then people, most people, go to sleep at night unless they're a vampire. So the episode really wasn't out you know too long and so you know getting some traction early on and multiple people uh, you know approached me and said the dude is just genuine well i think here's the, here's the takeaway here's the here's my primary takeaway At, if you're a soccer family and specifically if you have a, a child that's going through the process now boy girl doesn't matter uh high-end competitive or just cyc rec he talks about kind of the approach and how to view the game and how as a coach you know and even how he is as a dad to his own son that plays and there were just a ton of tidbits that are like okay I can work on that or I might shift this up a little bit or I might ask this question instead of being that parent Um, it it was informative my last take on it and I'll leave it at this is um you know, our kids are 14, 15 and, 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 you know, maybe think that they figured it out. And, and us parents may think we figured it out. If, if these episodes from these type of guys would have been around when, when I was nine and, you know, Drew was nine and 10, I would have loved to just, because, you know, and I don't want this to sound negative, but like Scott Gallagher, because they're running a, a club, they're not going to just turn around and have seminars and tell you what they're thinking at all times. Yeah. They keep a lot of stuff close to the vest. And I think if you listen to some of these guys, you're going to get where they're coming from, um, their holistic approach, and it, it, you would appreciate it, especially if you have a youth yeah. really early in the game. Uh, true debt. So go back, listen to it if you haven't already. If you have, do me a favor, share it. Because as these numbers start to grow, I talk more and more shit across the state to the Kansas City populace, and I need, I need, uh, I need bullets in the holster, and that's how, that's how you can help us out. So there's that. Now let's uh, quick thanks to our sponsors, supporters, uh, Axis Physical Therapy. Um, quick reminder, state of Missouri now, you don't need a doctor's referral. If your child or any of you really have a knock, go straight to the PT. Roll your ankle, need a little work, go to the PT. You don't you don't have to go pay that copay anymore and get a referral. Crescent Plumbing, again, they're going to fix your bath. They're going to fix your kitchen. They're going to keep you on budget, which helps save marriages. Uh, and then we've got Chris and Bill, our pinnacle brothers. Those cadets, them, right? Undefeated their freshman year. They were undefeated, and we joke about it, but it's no small feat. And I tell you what, look them up online, read a review. The reviews are genuine. If you're in the business to purchase a home, 
call them. Yep. Call them. Just flat out call these dudes. I mean, you you will thank us. Which brings us to the pinnacle points of the day. What you got, Jared? Are you ready? Because if you're not ready, I got one. You go. <laughs> I got one. Uh, today I was listening to uh, a pod. Uh, it's called Flightless Bird. It's part of the uh, Armchair Expert series with Dax Shepard. He's got this whole series of podcasts. They're really good. Go check them out. Uh, and the and the topic was pizza. So a couple quick questions, Jared. Number one, I'm assuming you like pizza. Yes or no? Love it. Uh, thin crust, thick crust. What do you prefer? Uh, I'm gonna go thin crust from where I was born, but I'm really liking that Detroit style. Yeah, the corners. Yep. Yeah, those are pretty fly. Mm-hmm. I like those a lot. And uh, Chicago's on the bottom of the list, and I do like just the new the New York. Um, you know, the one slice, fold it, no, a little bit of flop. You know, the day Portnoy. Love it. Uh, so, statistically speaking, on any given day, how many Americans do you think eat pizza? 100 million. No, st- uh, percentage. Give me a percentage. Percentage. Well, that would be 30%-ish? Not quite, not quite that much. The number's 15%. Okay. Pretty crazy, huh? Uh, and then, also, did you know it wasn't invented in America? Much like French fries. Italy? Yes. Did you know that? I knew that, actually. I, I, I kind of didn't know that. I, I'm making fun because I used that analogy when somebody the other day was saying, oh, St. Louis, you know, they just got into soccer in March. Like, no, not really. Been around the game a little bit. <laughs> so, so pizza, that's my pinnacle point of the day. Go eat some. And if you're going to get some uh, best New York style, I think, urban chestnut. I, I agree. Go get the pizza in the Grove. You want something a little bit thicker, a little bit cheesier? I love J.J. Twig's Double Decker. You do, and Jets is a damn good one. Jets, that's fast, Detroit style. Uh, thin crust, what are you going with? Uh, I'm liking Peroni, Sarah's. Um, I'm you? out there from the wrong side of the river, as you say. Um, yeah, two rivers. I like the and Stefaninas. The I like some of those, um, you know. What about Guido's? Guido's is good. Guido's it's a little bit good. of a trip for you, though. It is. Uh, all right, your turn. Pinnacle point, what you got for me? Uh, my pinnacle point comes right back to this. Um, the you know, weather? Usually I say... <laughs> Uh, we're in beautiful, sunny, wherever. Well, this is not beautiful, sunny Granite City. However, um, we've had 71%, since we're, do, we're talking percents, of, of people on this show from Granite City. And you drive through this town and you see where the hard work mentality comes from. You see where um, the, the humbleness, um, humble beginnings um, people come from this town, they're hard workers, and, and just drive through it. Um, this is no <laughs> With your windows up. Yeah, with your windows up. <laughs> you know, so it, it's funny to be here, finally. Um, I remember coming here as a youth playing at the BAC, I think is the fields. Yeah. Over by the, is it a college over there? It's uh, Swick now. It, it's Swick now? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I just remember playing there, but we'd get in and out. Um, quickly. Quickly. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, Soccer for fun. I'm sure you played over there, didn't you? Uh, maybe a, a little, little bit, bit. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's really not a pinnacle point. That's just more of a commercial. Uh, a, a commercial for Granite City? <laughs> yeah. Like explore Granite City? Uh, yeah, come and do it, actually. Well, I guess then I'll, I guess I'll go with my pinnacle report uh, point. Um, by all accounts, the starting lineup for tomorrow has been released. Oh, it's stacked. Do we have a better starting lineup to offer on paper? Well, let's be clear. So without Tyler Adams, um, uh, we're talking about the U.S. game. Yep, against Uzbekistan, the friendly here in St. Louis. Um, I yeah, no, that lineup is like 
So we got Dest and Robinson as the outside backs. We have Reem and uh, who's the other center back? I, I don't remember. But then I'm pulling it up now. Polisic's on a wing. Uh, Musa's on a ways on a wing. You got Musa in the middle. I think he either got Luca Del Torre in kind of that ten roll, and then you got Balagoon, our new uh, signee up top. For me, uh, McKinney's in that middle too. Um, yeah, I guess Adams is still hurt because I, I think he has a place in this lineup. But that's a pretty phenomenal lineup, I think, for at least on paper and where those guys are playing at in the world. Well, you know, I what makes me excited about it is, you know, to a degree, yes, it's a throwaway game. Let's call it what it is. It's a friendly against Uzbekistan. You you can't have enough <clears throat> games together, especially with how split we are. Well, he, well, here's where I was going with that. He's not testing things. He's rolling the best 10 at a minimum, if not 11, depending on the day. Put your best players out there. Start preparing because we've got a home World Cup in a couple of years. And for all those guys and gals that were bitching about the Gold Cup lineup. <laughs> yeah, who didn't buy tickets to this one. <laughs> yeah, who didn't buy tickets to this one. It's a complete different lineup here in our backyard. And um, and by all accounts, if you saw what Way said on social media, um, he, he was very gracious towards the, um, the 76. St. Louis old timers that and, and and new timers. I mean, there's some younger guys on there like Brad and and whatnot. But um, yeah. these guys are excited to play here in front of these fans. I'm with you. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna roll us out. Quick break. We're going to freshen up our ice cold Miller lights because on the Illinois side, you do not drink AB products. Um, <laughs> and we'll be right back with our guest for the day. Um, Jared, you ready for this? I am Did down. I, did, I didn't have to do homework today. You didn't? Nope. Lived <laughs> As it. opposed to other days? I, I lived it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are some days that you really want to do some homework so you don't sound like a complete asshole. I'm with you. So usually I, I just look over. Maybe like a little asshole. I usually just look over Zach's shoulder and uh, read his notes. He's good about that. Here you go. How about a little My Hometown on our way out? And we'll be right back with our guest. Take care. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really. As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget? and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rose glasses, and sports water bottles. So when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. 
It's cheaper than a therapist. I've been waiting for a long time. That's silky. I don't know about that. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Red button. Red light time. Red button. I didn't think you would be recording this song. This is straight out of Granite City. It is. Big Pippin, baby. It's west side of Granite. (laughs) Across a different set of tracks. (laughs) With warning signs as you enter. We're, uh, we're back. Had a little break. We're down here at Pavey's Place in Granite City. Um, drinking some ice-cold Miller Lights. Sorry, Aaron. Um, <laughs> right? We'll be back. We'll be back, Aaron. We'll be back. You know what, Modelo. Next bucket is Modelo's. How's that? She's listening. You know I love that everybody is like freaking out that Bud Light's no longer the top and it's, oh it's Modelo. <clears throat> but little does anybody know that's really grandstanding on it, that AB InBev owns Modelo. It's all the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then there's really, really smart people with a lot, a lot of money that just put $100 million into Bud Light yesterday. Yep. Bill so, Gates is one of them. Yeah. I heard he's kind of rich. Yeah. You know that he never took more than, I think, his base salary. Like, his salary his whole life was like ninety two grand or some number like that. Obviously, it was all stock, right? But formality, we made more than Bill Gates. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm rooting for Billy Bush to buy it back. Maybe that's what Bill Gates knows. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he used to come into Gaslight. Let's just say I don't think that transaction is going to happen. Did he do your IT work, Bill, uh, Bill, Bill Gates, at Gaslight? Uh, no, you're talking about Billy Bush. <laughs> I know. The <laughs> crafting. Shit. He would come in. And true story, like the dude, who knows how much Ryan he's Ryan uh, If you were to, you know, can't even guesstimate what his real value is, right? But he literally, every time he came in, he had readers. He had glasses, right, to read the menu or whatever, or look yeah. at his phone. This is for months. One leg of the his glasses were broke, gone. Like, they would only have one ear and then over his nose. And his daughter was always with him. She's like, Dad, go get a new pair of glasses. Nah, these are fine. <laughs> I just bought just a buy Warby acre, Parker, dude. Yeah. Just buy the whole company. <laughs> yeah. I just bought a 500-acre polo ground out there in St. Charles County. Yeah. I don't know. Here's what it is. Hey, we got a guest sitting here, uh, which this brings up a, a, a little point. The other night I was talking to somebody, it was a group of people who were talking about, uh, you know, a couple of the episodes and the Daryl Duran episode came up and the guy's like, I got one complaint and it's not really a bad thing, but it's just a minor complaint. He goes, you guys talked a really long time before he came on. And I'm like, well, he was sitting there kind of laughing and pointing and it was all good. He goes, oh, well, then that makes more sense. I'm cool with that. If I know they're sitting there listening and our guest right now. He was sitting here listening, and he didn't leave. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he didn't. There you go. Jared, drum roll, roll it in. Introduce our guest of the day, buddy. Today, we have old friend, triad women's head high school coach, um, PE teacher, Mr. Matt Betlock, from a long line of the coaching blood. Um, really excited about this one, Matt. Um it's so glad to see you. Uh, I'm so glad to see you. It's been what we talked about it with 32 years, probably. Um, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing. I'm first of all, thank you for both of you for tilt, having tilt, me. Tilt, tilt that tilt, up a little tilt, bit. Tilt yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, there, yeah, you go. there we go. Yep. Um, I'm just glad you know you guys brought me on. I know you were looking for Taylor Swift to come yeah. on and be a guest. <laughs> Tay Tay, yeah, I'm just glad I'm second, second fiddle to Tay Tay, yep. but uh, 
it's it's been a long time since you and I have seen each other, and um, you know, a little gray hair, a little less hair for yeah. for one of us. But uh, thank you for having me, both of you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, it's it's one of those things we say it often. We talk about it on the show. I think one of the beauties of of uh, the organic nature of the show is literally the guests, in so much that. It, under every rock in this town, you will find somebody that has some lineage, some connection, yeah. some relationship to the game. You are absolutely no exception to that rule. And there's a lot of people that know you, know your family, and obviously your ex-players and you know teachers in the community at Triad. So I love it because we're able to like shine a little bit of a brighter light on you know both the past, the process, and then obviously now the present. You over at Triad and what you have going on. Yeah, no, it's. This, this podcast is great. And, and one of the things that my dad and I always talk about, um, he wants to see more coverage for soccer in general. You know? For the game we love. Yeah. You know, and he's, you know, he's noticed a trend in the papers that uh, the high school game is not getting covered. But a lot of it's not getting covered in high school, in, in the papers anymore because they're losing people. Well, there's not a lot of papers yeah, anymore. Yeah, they're shutters are dying. <laughs> well, yeah. But you know, he's the one guy that he lo- yeah. he loves his paper. Walks out, gets yeah. the driveway. You know. Well, uh, Maddie, let's let's start from the the beginning here, man. Just so our our, our listeners and, and the people that are going to tune in can kind of get to know you and your family and your roots and. Some of this information will be fine for me. It'll be, you know, uh, just a real fond memory. So, you know, you, you kind of grew up, you know, you start there. You kind of grew up right there on Lindbergh, right? You know, down in South? Yep, South? Baptist Church Road, down the street from Ronnie's Plaza. Yeah, Shotsies. La Shotsies pizza. pizza. You guys are com- talking about pizza. Yeah. And all uh, thin crust, but, man, the sauce, the cheese. Dude, well, over, so I'm in Webster now. I'm over mm-hmm. off uh, Elm Glendale area. Mm-hmm. Lou, Lou Bacardi's right there. Yeah. At uh, Watson and uh, Elm, like their pizzas. I, it, 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 if you don't have rectangular tray, you yeah. know, of, of serving dishes, you really don't have St. Louis well, style pizza. No. I do know that in my 10, 11, 12 year old age group, I spent a lot of time because I think my mom and dad, Mr. and Mrs. Bertrand, loved to hang out with Mr. and Mrs. Scott Betlock at bit. the Shotzi's. A little bit. Shotzi's yeah. was the place to go whenever we were at the soccer house. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it, that place was packed, and they had like one or two waitresses, and yep. they just jammed it. It was all and family. Then, oh, off! And every table you walk in was put together. Five tables put together, like yep. in rows, and then kids are playing video games, you know, and yeah. buying condoms there's, in the bathroom yeah. for twenty-five two, cents. Yeah, two ta- two tables of parents with cigarettes and beers. Oh yeah. yeah, and then there's a long table with the food on yes. it, and then on the other side of the food, you know, you 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 kind of divide the room. Yeah, it's all those snot-nosed kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. love so, that. Start so, there, man. Yeah. Man, uh, I mean, how you how you got the love of this game? Yeah, I mean, youth uh, game coaches. Your dad, you know. Uh, let's touch on your uncle. I mean, I, the listeners got to know. I mean, it's exciting shit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I come from a pretty big soccer family. Um, you know, not only from you know my dad um, is a big. He's in the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. Um, he played at he played at Quincy. Won a national title at Quincy. Um, you know, his, his college roommate was Tom DiMaria. And uh, so, you know, growing up, I, I've been around a lot of big names uh, in, in the soccer, in the, in the St. Louis area. Um, you know, um, it's been been pretty neat to, to be around this game and, and to meet the people that I have. But, uh, 
you know, you start with with my dad getting my brothers and I in the game, and we started there. And well, real quick question because I have an image in my head, and I got, I, I'm totally sorry for interrupting here. Your dad's in the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. Yeah, did he get the green coat? He's got it. Okay, does he wear it every morning to go pick the paper up? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'll tell you what, he like hears this, he will now. <laughs> That's what he does. He will, I'm telling you. I love it. He yeah. breaks out the green jacket every now and again. Uh, some, go ahead. I, I like the hot games at City Park when you see Jim Laker. Uh, yeah, no. He's just holding the son of a bitch. He's just like, I, I got it. I'm he, holding it. It's hot, but it's green. He, yeah. he, he, he <laughs> keeps it on till like 99. Oh. Once it hits 100, he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to carry this. <laughs> What's the heat index? I'm going to take this off. Right, right. <laughs> so your dad's a, a St. Louis Soccer Hall of Famer, national champ. Uh, uh, siblings, extended family, yeah. you know, kind of give us the quick family tree and uh, wh- sure, what, what sure. programs they all came from. Um, so uh, if you go to my mom, my mom, I only had one brother, uh, Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill uh, played at DeBerg High School, went to uh, University of Evansville. I think he, at one point, he was still the record holder for most shutouts as a goalie wow. in, in a season. Uh, from there, he went down to coach in Louisiana, and then he went to Duke. Uh, as a men's assistant coach in 84. Uh, he was part of the program in 86 when they won the men's national title. Nice. Uh, they beat Akron. Um, and then in 87, he started the women's program at Duke. Wow. Um, and then uh, he left Duke in 01, 02-ish, went to the University of Colorado. From University of Colorado, he went to Colorado State. Um, now he's officially retired as a D1 coach. Um, and we can touch on that later because I still use him as a reference, and he is, you know, I go to him on Who a daily the hell basis. wouldn't? And I, I got to, you know, this is selfish, and I'm just going to go down this road real quick. Um, this show's not about me. It's about the guest. However, I have a 14... <laughs> we, we have to remind him. <laughs> I have a 14-year-old boy that is a Duke fan to this day and wants to go to Duke because of your connection with Duke. It's when I was 10 or 11, we went to Duke soccer camp. I know you went to every Duke soccer camp because of that connection. And it's to this day, it's why I'm a Duke fan. It's why multiple of my friends, Jay Wright. Yeah. It's why we're all Duke fans and, and, and continue on with the family tree. But it, it's special. And it's, you know, 30 years ago, we all went. And I love Duke to this day because of that freaking camp. I And we, when you talk about that camp, the one thing, and I'm not sure which one of us it was, but when we had breakfast, somebody ate Captain Crunch, those little boxes they gave us. Somebody would, I mean, there was like six of those boxes just piled up for breakfast. I can't remember who, who did it. But those Duke camps for me was, uh, uh, yeah, I spent my summer as, as a youth at Duke. Um, I went to camp for the boys, and then I would work my uncle's camps on the girls' side. And... I was around soccer for the entire summer wow. with just, I mean, people from all over the world. Uh, and for me to experience that and to see how, you know, things are done at a high level um, kind of inspired me to, to, to be a coach. You know, I, I knew at one point in time that this is where, you know, I wanted to be. Um, you know, I, I've got uncles on my on my dad's side. My uncle Steve caught, he, he um he coached and taught at St. Mary's High School and then okay. DeBerg High School for 40-plus years. Uh, he had a stint at Corey as well. Um, and then, um, you know, I cousins played Division One Northwestern yeah. SLU. Um, cousins played at Benedictine College. Um, so, yeah, our, our soccer family tree is, is pretty deep, and the roots are strong. And I, we always, a lot of us talk about when Grandpa, we call him the bear, uh, when he was when he was alive, and he when we had Thanksgiving at the house at one point in time, he 
he smacked his hand on the table. He said, I'm tired of talking about soccer. You can talk about something else. <laughs> Everybody, but, get out of here. But that's what we did. I mean, you remember my cousin Dave back. Yeah. And when, and, and when, when we got together, you know, my dad and Uncle Mike, they yep. all coached together. Yep. And right. Uncle Steve, that, that was the conversation. Soccer was the conversation at, in our household. So, uh, yeah, I've been a part of it. I mean, it's been in my blood since I, since I came into this world. So, so let's kind of uh, let's jump around a little bit because you know I want to I want to get into early on here your current role as a coach the program uh, give our listeners kind of a one on one on you know where you're at where, who you're coaching tell us a little bit about the program because I want to get into some of your recent successes and and talk about your your methods really sure sure yeah. um, so I've been the the women's the head girls soccer coach at Triad since uh, 2014. Um, but I've been a part of the program since 03 um, as an assistant coach. Um, my journey here, uh, I went to McKendry College, and um, my high school coach, I went to Viani, Mike Villa, uh, took over. Heard of them. <laughs> and yeah, him. and Halsey's, I know Halsey's listening. They are they are the worst at getting back. Like, slew grads, they'll call back. Yeah, we'll come on. Dismet, all, all of them will come on. But the Viani kids, man... Dude, pulling teeth. You are. I think you might be the first one. Oh, it's an honor. It really is an honor. <laughs> it's an honor. Should we drink for that one? Yeah. 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 Um, but um, what 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 year did you graduate from? Ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven. All right. As a nineteen ninety seven for those who are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so and when I was at McKendry um, and and I left McKendry, um, I called Mike and, and said, Hey, do you need help? I'm, I want to get into soccer as coach, and uh, so he got me in as a uh, uh, JV coach for the girls. And uh, at first, I started out as an assistant for him, and then eventually, I became the JV coach. And I was with him, and so he retired in 2013. Right. Okay. And then I, I I took over as the varsity coach, and um, I've been you know. Hey, we talk about Terry Mickler's uh, wins over a thousand or whatever they are. You may know the number. Um, Villa. I mean, because he comes over at some point, you can line the years out from that storied Viani program and has all those boys wins, and then he yeah. comes over and coaches girls. Yeah. I mean, what's his total flipping wins? Yeah, I don't know the total, but I, you know, I just, when I hear these names, it's just kind of like, I just shake my head and, uh, a little bit of disbelief because, you know, here in Granite City, obviously we had Coach Baker. Yeah. Uh, you have Terry Mickler, who's, you know, obviously been on the show, fan of the show, and, you know, and you have Vader uh, and Villa and, you know, these names, all these guys for the most part, they were North County dudes that yeah. all grew up together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk a little bit about, a little bit about Villa uh, because our listeners have heard about the other coaches and kind of their mentality and their sure. approach. Talk about what how Villa was as a coach and how he motivated or what his kind of process was. Because you don't win that many games, you know, and especially when 64 or whatever the number was in a row without doing something special. Or have the dynasty with that yeah. enrollment size at one point that yeah. he had. Yeah. it. You know, when I, as a player, I played for when I played for him, it was, you know, you had to bring your A game every day. You know, he did not mess around. And, and, and in those days, you know, he, there were so many kids that played in the program and so many kids that were just as good as the next. I mean, you could come on third string. Third string could play anywhere you want. Those guys could start anywhere. You know, that's how good yeah. how good they oh, were. Yep. Oh, quick correction. Derek Burton. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, Derek. Sorry, Derek. Um, 
but you you he expected you know for you to come in and and my dad played with Mike and um, he, he he talked about him uh, how intense he was mm-hmm. um, and if and he coached the same way he was intense and if you did not bring that intensity next guy up you know he wanted to he he, he expected us to come out and play yeah and and he coached the same like when I as a coach with him. You know, he expected a lot, and it's funny because a lot of my uh, Viani alum are like, "Man, he's coaching girls! Like, oh my gosh! Like, uh, how can that?" He, because how he was, receptive are they to that? Yeah, because he was so intense, and like, you know, now you're coaching on the girls' side. He does a little it's, different. It's different. Did he lighten up? No, he was he was the same. You know, he did not like <laughs> once he, a mofo, always a yeah, mofo, and, right? And I yes, remember I one one night uh, on a bus ride home. We were talking about he went to um, a, a college, a local college coach, D1 coach, was given a seminar, and he went and and he went to it, and he was telling, he was saying, he kept talking about how you got to befriend the kids, and you got to invite them over to your house, and you got to be chummy with them. He's like, no, that's not me, you know. I'm, I expect my kids to play a certain way, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to like baby the process. Tim Leonard just said that in last episode and it resonated with me because it makes a lot of sense. Um, Tim Leonard is not that type of coach, but he specifically said you have to be yourself. Yeah. And that's not how Villa was. No. Yeah. So so that, that makes a lot of hell, a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. And well, you know, here's the thing that I, my recollection really of Villa and those teams, you know, in the early 90s in particular, I'm a little bit older than you, um, I, I saw a compare and contrast in styles between, you know, the power, quote, powerhouses. <clears throat> uh, SLU was a very clean team. They were fast. They were a little gritty, but they were clean. You had CBC, which arguably had the most kind of talent, individual talent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you come over to this side of the river ourselves. You know, we had significantly less talent, but we had a very, very militaristic system and yeah. a style. Villa's teams seemed to blend all of that yeah. you know there was a lot of players that they could have easily played at any any school with you know the foot skills yeah but you guys are grinders I yeah mean, they're playing soccer and then they're after they get done playing soccer they're gonna go get drafted in baseball <laughs> well, yeah, they, i yeah, mean they, just they, think they about did. it yeah no and, and you know athletes yeah right i don't know if people know this about villa but he was a three-sport athlete in college he actually i think he got his college scholarship to Quincy was in basketball. Like wow. he was a hell of a basketball player. So, so do you apply some of that uh, uh, wish list or expectation to your players today with the girls? Are you encouraging of, do you, do you promote uh, multi-sport activities? Absolutely. Uh, and how do you manage it? Because in today's world of the, the, the more and more competitive expectations within the game of soccer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how are you balancing that with high school kids and, uh, you know, encouraging them to play other sports with the training and club and everything else. Well, let's be frank. Also, the best high school teams now, boys and girls, are filled with club players. So, like, multi-sports that are playing club. I mean, your best teams probably had the most club successful players, correct, that played club and high school. Sure, yeah. Uh, You know, know, we talk about the fine, what's the balance, and it – 
I think a lot of it falls on the on the kid, and you know, do they have the mentality of can I the load? Can I handle the load? Yeah. Um, and you know, you asked earlier how many kids we do we have girls that play basketball and in you know, other sports. Yeah, I and mean, a lot of our kids, you know, you look we, tennis players, mm-hmm. basketball players. Are they better than AJ was? Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> if you ask AJ, he'll tell you no. Him and Rob, Robbie, and yeah. And, but I, you know, the studies are out there. I mean, the kids who play the multi sports, you know, it it's good for them. Yeah. And um, I, I, you know, I encourage. We've had kids who played soccer and ran track and field at the same time um, because and and you know, I, I love triad and I wanted to support all the programs. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Uh, you know, if our kids can benefit from playing multiple sports, then I'm I'm a big fan of it. I'd say go for it. Um, but you know, we our program is we got a lot of kids to play club too. You know, so um, yeah, it's it, it's big for us for our kids to be you know don't sport specific. Yeah, you know. So so let's talk a little bit about triad in particular, <clears throat> because for those of you that don't know. Uh, Troy, Triad, the school itself. Um, it's kind of a wedge town. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, leading up to, you know, through the 70s and 80s and early 90s, for the most part, Triad was kind of like, everybody joked, it's a little bit of a suburb of everybody else because yeah. it had, you know, bordering Collinsville, uh, Edwardsville, everything on that side. Yeah. I mean, way closer to the country than it is to anything else. Right. Um, so when you come into that program in uh, the early 2000s, coming out of the 90s, in which you know Grant and Collinsville, really on both sides, men's and women's, was really running the table, mm-hmm. uh, Triad was kind of a, grow- a growing community. A lot of people were moving that way. M- you know, much like you know the the, the Wentzvilles and St. Charles's of the world, mm-hmm. flight. You know, going further out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about um, the kind of players and. Was it a uh, slow growth? Did you, you know, because soccer culture in Triad, it was there, but it wasn't as pronounced as the neighboring cities. So how did you, as the, you know, working with the coaching staff, how did you guys like fan the flame to, to get, to get the program to where it is today, which it's, it's arguably a powerhouse. It's when I first got there in 03, I've never heard of Triad before. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I went to you know I went to McHenry or, or uh, St. Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and Marine. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know these towns. And right. um, I, you know, and when I hear when we heard, you know, Mike's leaving Triad. You know, Villa's leaving Triad to go or leaving Viani to go to Triad. We're like, where the hell? Where where is this? You know? Yeah. And um, you know, when I first got there, my expectations were were low. Um, but these kids knew how to play. When I first got there in 03, I mean, the skill level was there, um, the work ethic, then the tenacity, that blue collar, you yeah, know. That we talk about. Yeah. yeah it, it was there. And, um, I, and, and I've seen it just, it's been a continual just every year a group comes in, um, you know, we get 20 kids and, you know, 12 of these kids can play. They, they know the game. They can play. And it's been yeah. like that. Every year since I first, you know, since I, in 03 when I got there, I, and, and I was, like I say, I was a little, I was shocked coming from, you know, the St. Louis area and how I grew up in the Bush Soccer Club and right. 
um, you know, seeing the talent. And, you know, and there was that stigma from Missouri when you'd come over and play Illinois. Uh, you know, you're going to go play. Be careful. You I, where well, you guys I know, are. because <laughs> let me tell you, I, when I was at Vianney, I got, I got the shtick over here at Granite City a couple Tur- times. Tournament champions. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had long hair. had the rubber band <clears> pull, holding my hair back. Those guys let me have it. I'll tell you that much. Um, well, you were an asshole. And I loved it, dude. But you were like, thank God you were on my team because, I, I mean, you didn't take no shit. I, well, I was a baby. You know what I mean? Like, well, let me ask you this, though, because, I mean, I, I obviously, from being over here, I know a lot of people that have moved up the bluff. You know, there's there's flight out of Granite over a long period of times into Edwardsville, into Glen Carbon, a lot into Troy. Yeah. Uh, did you start to see that these kids that were coming up, you probably realized... These are soccer families. Yes. Uh, talk about that. You know, who are some of the kids maybe early on or, or even currently that kind of stand out to you? And, you know, was there any kind of like parental influence that was obvious? Um, I think the, 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 the name that first comes out to me is Tejada. Um, sure. We had uh, Rachel Tejada and um, she graduated in 2011. That was our first state title. Um, you know, you guys have talked about it players before. Yeah. Um, that's she was the it player um and um we've had uh, jody ellis recently graduate her dad was a big you know big time player at collinsville high school okay um then we had um bryn presley recently and her dad's a granite city guy yeah bj yeah i yeah. uh, love bj um you know so yeah i am starting to see now i would think since that 2000 that 2011 state title team i'm really starting to hear about how their families have grown up playing soccer the kids that um and uh, yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about it i love i love this question because i don't think we've had the same answer twice uh and we've probably asked it at least 10 to 12 times if not more. uh for you you know because you have a short period of time with these players you know because club obviously dominates the majority of their year right you know on the ball uh so uh, two two questions. One, are you watching them throughout the year at tournaments, things like that? And when you're watching them, when how do you describe when you see it? What is it for you and a player that gets you excited when you know they're going to be wearing your kit? Um, so yeah, I I do try to get around and watch. And, and my daughter's now into the club scene, so you know, she's younger. But you know, I, I, now I'm showing up at tournaments, and my my kids are at these tournaments, and so I I love to go watch them play. Um, and, and I have before in the past, even when my kids were, you know, I didn't have kids. I'd still go and watch the kids. I, sure. I love soccer, right? Yep. So um, what I'm, when I see that and I say it, um, uh, you look at a player who just, it's the game just, it's natural and it's effortless. Um, you know, you look at how like Messi, when he makes that run, and let's say the ball gets stuck behind him, but he just reaches his leg back there and just brings it back up at speed. At speed, yeah, you know. And yeah. to, I've we've had a couple players that, with that capability, just to be able to at speed take people on, and that ball just does not leave their foot. Yeah, and then just rifle it. Well, it's uh, funny. This is kind of similar to Pat Noonan's, and we'll let you go on. But Pat Noonan referenced body movements, like the the way that the body just he catches his eyes. Continue on, but like you had mentioned that we haven't had a lot of similar, but it's kind of going down that same mold, which is interesting. You you talk about body, and one of the things that my dad, when I when growing up, we listened to music, like in the car rides to the games, and we would blare 
music and i he would sometimes break out the boom box before a game and I, he would play cnc music factory and we got that was our warm-up we would dance for our warm-up and then these teams are looking at us like what the hell are these guys doing Dude, and my, then we, my dad would play three dog night and then we like what well, are you, you doing? Know, a little bit of that in there but yeah. he, then we would just stomp them you know just because but you know it's it's a dance soccer's a dance mm-hmm. and you've got to have that rhythm um, it's like the samba, right? The Brazilians yeah. got it down. So at, at my uncle's camps, they used to do this. There was a guy from Trinidad, Tobago, and, and I can't think of the name. It was soca music, maybe? Mm-hmm. But we would do fast footwork to soca music, and it was, it was a salsa dance. And it was, but it was a ball at your feet, yeah. and it was awesome. And you could, like, you could, the kids who... That made it fun. Yes. Which that's like that's one of the most grueling, um, fitness based, uh, but it has to be done. And, and whoever came up with that is so intelligent because if you're having fun doing that part of the game, well, you got it whooped. Uh, Austin, when we traveled down to Austin in yep. the uh, spring, you get there and um, there was a large Hispanic uh, family base, and they, um, it was a party for them, mm-hmm. and they had the boombox. And they put it on, and it was just cyclical. I mean, it was like, you know, a revolving door, the same beat, same song. You felt like you were, you know, the Luligans are over here to your right. Uh, but, you know, Beckett, and I know, I think Drew even mentioned, like, they come off the field, and they're like, oh, that's awesome. You guys you guys should play music at our games. I'm like, we're not bringing a boombox to your game. <laughs> I got a headache from the night before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but to your point, like, little tricks like that, I mean, I'm just kind of free talking here. Why not? You know, yeah. why wouldn't you play music no, more often? I, and you know, it's he would. My dad would get us in a circle, and he would put play the radio, and he'd be like, "All right, somebody come out, do some dances." You know, and everybody got to mimic it or whatever. And yeah. you know, and they were looking like, "What the hell are these guys doing?" You yeah. know, and then we'd stomp them. But I mean, that's and that's kind of where you know, at, I I would I thought you know, where I learned to love a game is from in that in that genre. Yeah. Yeah, we're well, jumping around here a little bit, uh, l- just for our listeners early on. No, I, it's 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 wonderful. This is this is the stick of the show because I think people can relate. We're having beers, and, and it's not stuffy, but but important for our listeners. Give us, I mean, talk, and I know it's hard to talk about this. Give us your accolades, like state championships, and, and what's yeah, what's, what's happening in the last. You know, you referenced 2011 mm-hmm. with the the, the Tani kid. Tahada. Uh, Tahada kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start there or, or, or maybe before then. Where, where are we at in yeah. Triad here? How, how many how's stars? The pro- you know, how's the program going? Yep. Um, we've won, uh, I think it's 23 consecutive uh, conference titles. Wow. Um, up until we had 170-something game winning streak going. Holy shit. Um, Waterloo defeated us a couple years ago. I think it was 2019 or eight, 2018. Oh, no, yeah. I, mean, I remember seeing the news. Yeah. I was like, that's um, a big number. Yeah. They, they, so, was uh, it and, coaching? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> always, hey, I'm just messing. Go. Know, no, it always is, right? Um, um, you know, we've got the one, uh, four state titles, uh, wow. 17 regional championships, and just so everybody's on the same page, and I think they are because they are fans of the show, this this school here is in Illinois, like we've referenced. So to win state, you have to go through Chicago. That's not real easy. Well, I was going to ask you that, yeah. you know, because you, you were talking about the stigma, the personal sig- stigma for those of you that grew up on the West Side, you mm-hmm. you know, going to the Vianis, et cetera. Sure. And, you know, and, you, and, and obviously the illustrious soccer communities that there are, and your family is part of that. When you came over here, you were talking about, oh, you're going to Illinois, blah, yeah. blah, blah. 
But talk about that aspect of it because to win in Illinois, it's one thing to get out of your region, yeah. but you're going north. Talk. How, how do you prepare for that? It's, and how hard is that, really? It, it is tough. Um, you know, not only do you have to go up to, you know, Naperville is where they hold the, mm-hmm. you know, the tournament every year. But, um, you know, we've been we've been there a handful of times. And you, it, they're always like, how do you say your name? How do, where are you from? Yeah. You know, how oh, far yeah. south? Yeah. Where is it at? You know, if you don't say right outside of St. Louis. Yeah. You know, oh, OK, OK. But well, I mean, they're the worst though. They're the, they're turds about it because they'll be a, yeah. uh, Joliet. Yeah. And be like, oh, I'm from Chicago. Yeah. The, the fuck you are. That's a helicopter ride. You yeah. Know? A little Stop. bit like you in your Holland days when you guys had your little makeshift team, and oh, they'd yeah. be like, well, who the hell is these guys from St. Jacob? Well, yeah, yeah we were playing. We were playing Pegasus. We were playing a Chicago team, and actually, this is at the Rockford tournament, the watermelon tournament back in the day. Mm-hmm. We make it to the finals. We're wearing cheap Haynes t-shirts with duct tape. And our coach, Norm Syme, who's from <clears throat> Troy, um, he, he put on the booklet, yeah, the team was from St. Jacob, Illinois. And I, I didn't read the booklet. I'm like, whatever, I'm going with buddies. Yeah. A couple of Granite guys, some Collinsville guys, et cetera. We go up there playing Pegasus, and they're all, hey, let's kill these rednecks from yeah. St. Jacob. And we, you know, me and Steve Van Dyke hook up. We score like two minutes in. And guy's like, you guys are rednecks. And I'm like, look, dude, I don't know where St. Jacob is. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but now you're, you kind of, you're experiencing it because it's funny. I, lo- I love kind of this thing coming full circle for you, your perception of the East side early on, and justifiably so. Uh, but now you're part of it. Yeah. Uh, how fun is it to go to Chicago and kick their teeth in? It's awesome. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, it is awesome because, it, you know, they are, uh, they're very arrogant. Um, oh. And the coaches, some some of the coaches, you know, will barely shake your hand. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, uh, I, I'm a, I like to consider myself a friendly guy. Um, and, I, you know, I like to talk before a game to a coach. And some of those coaches, you know, won't say boo. Uh, other than yeah. you know, good luck or something. It just like, makes it sweeter. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, and and you know, and they're they're loaded like their sidelines. There's a bunch of them, oh, and yeah. they're decked out. And you can you, you know what I mean? The, the arrogance you can just feel it. Yeah. And they're, do you feel like people thought that this was Bush back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally, dude. Yeah. We totally, you know, yeah. you guys. You know, with the yeah. Kid. Oh, and you got soccer park. Yeah. Field one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Come play on the gauntlet. <laughs> true, true. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Our uh, our carpool co-host showed up. He must have got stuck by a train. He just put Wait something on the table. Yeah, we got that? some uh, liquid courage coming our way here. Uh, going to run out here, a little Van Halen. Uh, take a break, refill, and we'll be back. Add another voice and some more questions. Catch you next. Ten years old. When I'm not playing soccer. Yo. Zach here. I love my kids, really. And when my kids have a knock, a sprain, a tweak, I like to get them back to 100% as soon as possible. I also hate deductibles. I get it. But now, in Missouri, I don't have to waste any unnecessary copay after my child rolls their ankle because now I can go straight to a PT. No more pediatric visits in a germ-infested lobby waiting for permission to go to a physical therapist. Axis Physical Therapy has 19 locations from Glen Carbon to Winsville and specializes in rehab, especially soccer rehab. 
So instead of burning a couple of needless hours and cash going to get a referral, take that bump or bruise straight to Axies. Go to AxiesPT.com for more info. And feel free to Venmo me your half the savings. So are we going to get started now? You guys ready? Um, is this yeah. where the real questions come in? Like, are we starting now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get stopped by a train there, Zach? <laughs> uh, yeah. A long, long train. <laughs> uh, so when you put it in GPS, what did it say? <laughs> Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> Run away. We have, a, we, have a new, uh, we have a new voice on here with us. We're coming back in here. A uh, little foreigner jukebox hero. You know, I like I like songs like this in a tavern. Because yeah. as a kid, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is played know. at Shotzi's probably. Yeah, this is, yeah. This it, is a, good a ten cent a ten this, cent jukebox. This, this was on my parents' numbers. five disc CD changer re random. Oh yeah, disc yeah the selection. five disc. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think so. I you guys probably know this, but the lead singer from Foreigner was the guy that did the Bud Light the yes. Heroes commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Real, yeah, American yeah. Real American Real Heroes. Real, yeah. That's the guy from Foreigner. <laughs> he probably made more money on that. Oh, guarantee it. yeah. <clears throat> it's like the I love you, man. Uh, I had a buddy that lived out in LA for a while who was trying to get into commercials and he met him. Yeah. And they went and partied and partied and then <laughs> went to his house. <laughs> and apparently I love you, man, made him a lot of money. Like 10 million or something. Like yeah. That. It was a crazy number. Yeah, he's doing okay. He's, he's doing he's okay. All right. all right. I mean, I say I love you guys all the time, and I'm not getting paid for that shit. Depending so I'm, on I'm how much partying it. and <laughs> what they did in LA, ten million didn't go very far. Yeah, but if you had ten million in the late '80s, early '90s, or whatever, and you bought your real estate, it's worth more than ten. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I tell you what, say, you know, let's uh, let's have a little fun here, real quick, since uh, Zach finally showed up. Um, you like that? Uh, let's do rapid fire. We're, we're going to toss Chris and Bill a little more love. Because you mentioned it earlier. Like, oh, my God, do I get to do a pinnacle point? Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Because here's what we're going to do. We're going to do round two pinnacle points. Well, you got oh, ten, ten seconds or less. Go, go, Zach. What's your pinnacle point part uh, of the second half? Carpool is extremely important <laughs> when you live 45 minutes away from training <laughs> facilities. And so make good friends with people that are on your team <laughs> or else... You get stuck behind a train and you can't make it to the first half of recording. Okay. What you got? You got? You got another one? Anything you want to? What do I have? Yeah. Um, Don't say the what. weather. Yeah, we're gonna skip you. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt, you got one? <laughs> when you're picking your kids up at the school in the carpool lane, just be patient. Us teachers will get your kid to you. Is it gonna this make like a, a difference if you get out of there in five, ten minutes? Come on, come on, it's relax. A, this so, is like a PSA. I like yeah. it. Yeah, Matt, at the school that you work at, do people? <clears throat> Like line up an hour and a half before. Yes, pickup? and okay. it's funny because one of the teachers just saw a reel on Instagram as sanitary, and it was <laughs> glorious about you know it was two two thirty is when the school gets out, but it's like I'm gonna show up a little bit early. It was like one forty five, and there's like a thousand cars oh, yeah. there already. <laughs> yeah. But no, we've got a couple grandparents that show up. I teach a little grade school. We've got a couple grandparents that show. We get out two thirty. It's at like one fifty, and they start lining them up, and they're knitting in, like, yeah, in line. And really? are you an early person in general? I am. I am. Yeah, I am. Because I, I'm forced to be. Okay, so let's say it's 7 o'clock movie, and you're going to go pay the $37 to watch Spider-Man 7. What time do you show up? 
Oh, not early to the movie. I'm just early riser in general. But, I mean, I get there. It's enough time to get beer and popcorn. So how important are the previews to you? I like the previews. Me too. Me, me too. I want to watch the previews. One of my Kim and I favorites. butt heads about that. And like, I like to always like because I'm late. always she's a later. I'm always over in my wife's ear going Werenberg, <laughs> I thought Werenberg. That, I thought that was your voice. I thought you were like the I love you man. You know Werenberg. my he's, pinnacle he's the point voice on the right side of the speakers. Yeah. <laughs> my pinnacle point is just another slam on Granite City. Do you know why Jesus is not from Granite City? <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear. Well, there's not three wise men, and nobody's a virgin. <laughs> you know what that he's sound been, is? He's been holding that. He's been waiting That's the for the air right point. Exiting well, our show right you know, now. You know who, good job, you know Who's who's feeling good right now? Is that? Kansas City because he's taking all the heat off of Kansas City and putting it on Granite City right now. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we're, we're, I love look, this. Frankly, I, we are used to it. This is my first time. This is not our first route. If rodeo. it was Sharks versus Jets and the Sharks were in Granite City, the Jets would be in trouble about, if they were you know Kansas what? City. If, if, hey, if Petch, is, if, if Petch is listening to this one, you know how bad he's going to bust my chops over the amount of times we said Granite City in this one? He is. But listen, <laughs> I, anyway. I just want to say that the, I, this is my first time to Granite City. Pavia's place looks amazing. I love the artwork and the shoe jerseys and the stuff. It's cool. You guys have the biggest blue building I've ever seen in my entire life. Blue building. It's 17 that, blocks long. That blue building? Uh, yeah. You might have heard of it. It's called uh, US, U.S. Steel. Steel. Yes. No, I'm aware of it. I just didn't know it was... <laughs> in order a, to make steel, it takes a little bit bigger than a pole wow. bar. It just It was huge. Yeah, it's uh, actually uh, my brother. My brother that just passed away, he wrote a song when he was younger uh, called Fire in the Sky. Yeah. And literally, it's about, you know, we'd be on the road to party in another town, whatever, coming home. And you all, you could find Granite really easily. Follow the flames. <laughs> you could see him from anywhere. Granite and Wood River. And, and the thing is, like, the the flame, you drive past the mill, and when the gate, when the doors are open and they want to try and get some air in there, you see the, the, the big cauldrons where they're making. Wow. And it's just it's scary shit. And then they would hire high school summer program interns for 15 bucks an hour to like hey take this wrench and go release the pressure on that <laughs> on, the, on that molten lava uh, no thanks <laughs> hey thanks man uh anyway uh let's get back to soccer we've uh wasted enough time on this uh we we went into the break uh kind of touching on some of you uh your program the successes i uh, really feel like we need to kind of full circle this thing put a little bow on it Give us an idea of from the get-go, how many state titles, what years were they, and how are you looking going into uh, the upcoming season? Sure. Uh, so we've 2011 was our first state title. Uh, 2017 was our second, and then we went back to back in 21 and 22. Uh, and in between there and, and 2019, we took third place. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, uh, back in uh, 2003, which was my first year, we took second. Um, so, our, you know, we've got some state finals, you know, under our under our belt. And um, uh, the the 21 and 22 team um, just, uh, you, I don't know how I'll say, you loaded, I guess. Yeah. You know, when you talk about when a team um, on the girls, we, we were just very good. We had great goalkeeping, which I think that's where it starts. Yeah. Because um, I, I can think of a handful of teams that probably could have beat us. Um, but our goaltenders were just couldn't put it in the net. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, but those two teams, uh, you know, special because those kids wanted it. And you know, you were asking me earlier, when do you start? Those kids wanted to start when they walked in the door in August. Yeah, they in, they all played club and they played at the highest you know club and even though they had to go to club practice and a lot of club coaches don't like when high school coaches want to have open gyms and open weight sessions because now you're taking away now you're double loading which I I, I get yeah <clears throat> but those kids were like we want to go and we want to go now um, and you know can't replace that no so what, we, do, what it, do you attribute that to though i mean is it is it just the culture of the school is it your coaching is it the why why would they it's not the coaching <laughs> well i was trying to throw you a bone <laughs> there, Matt. Uh, but what, he's what, more humble than i remember <laughs> <laughs> the it's mic the, adds it's the whiskey some humility uh so just I'm, I'm just curious what what do you think drives that mentality for a, a girl a player who is working all day long mm-hmm. training 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 and then they're like but I want to I want to go more I want to do more I want to do extra what is that is that a what's so your thought our, you know, one of the things that we talk about we talk about our tradition a lot um, and there's a responsibility towards that tradition and we take our kids at the beginning of the year we go to the the trophy hallway right and right in front of the gym and you know, we talk about the past and look at all the things that we've accomplished. Um, and then we talk about, you know, the present. Like, what do you want? I always tell the kids, um, we're writing a book. And right now we've got a blank page. How do you want to write it? And you see all these things here. You know, do you want to be a part of this? Or do you just, you know, want to fade away like some, you know, some other kids have? And our kids just really grasp onto like and you you walk down and there's four huge trophies and there's a bunch of all regional all the pictures all the pictures well, you know, you're in that hallway forever. Well, you yeah. know what it is I, the, the the book analogy you, you're spot on because you know growing up here, uh, you know knowing how many state titles we had, it is a book and you want to be the next chapter. Yeah, and you don't want to be the chapter that like uh, this story's taking a turn. Yeah. You know, so I, that's a brilliant way to put it because these kids, these kids are super cognizant of that. Yeah. But in addition to that, though, I, my my thought goes then to how to maintain it. And there are so many different high school sports or so many sports outside of high school that can take on. How do you keep the pipeline growing? Yeah. Uh, we've the support that we have from the community is second to none. Yeah. That's um, and, and these kids have all they've come to our camps. You know, from when they were little, Um, we we have there was a unfortunately the club folded, but we have Troy Energy, um, and we'd have Troy Energy night. These kids would come to the camp or come to the come to our games and on Energy night, and they're cheering for the kids. And we talked to our girls about that was you, you know, five years ago, right? You know, so put on a show for these kids, make them want to feel a part of this program. They come over and they they line up with the girls and you know for the national anthem and they're in with our pregame speech and all that stuff. So, you know, it's the community for our high school is unbelievable. Like when we won state titles and we come home, we get off the the ramp, we're getting police escorts, nice the the fire <clears throat> departments there. But then we stop at <clears throat> a little bar and chi- time out, little bar in Troy. Oh, uh, I know that one. And you know the owners their daughters have all played for us wow and they they're all and 
they are are huge supporters of us but we'll stop in front of timeout and there are hundreds of people there we get the trophy out and the kids are just excited that's about. awesome i i love the, the key phrase for me was community right and, well and and i i also think that in our show, our theme has gone down this high school versus academy, and, and let's call a spade a spade. A lot of these high school coaches have talked about what you can't replace in the high school experience, and that's what you're talking about, yes. specifically in the culture, in, in the, the kids that started in Troy Energy that were ball girls that came, and, and then five years later they were playing. I have one question, and, and if you're not, I'm going to be pissed. Do you have four stars on your jersey right now? Yes. Thank God. <laughs> Thank oh, that's God. So freaking cool. Uh, so that is awesome. We we raise money to get new jerseys, and we just put the four stars on our white and red, and now we're going to get them on our – we didn't have them for the black last year because the funds – but we fundraised, and I tell you what, our fundraising was through the roof last year. Nice. And Congratulations. So we've already said we're going to put the four stars on the back of the black jersey. So let's um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm going to tread those waters, the whole uh, club high school thing. Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, we from the get-go, we've established you have pedigree in your blood through your family. You've been around the game the whole time. You've seen the highest level. You are super cognizant of what's going on in the marketplace mm -hmm. uh, with clubs and the the uh, expansion of, uh, you know, the on, on the boys' side, it's further along. Okay, right. There's much more academy. On the girls' side, the GA is is picking up momentum. You have EC now, which is, you know, right there behind it. Yeah. Take, to probably taking on the majority of the girls that are playing for you. I'm assuming they play EC now. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to get your take on, because you seem to have a super positive attitude uh, about it without even addressing the subject in so much that you have a style, you have a mission, you have a message, you have a method. A culture. A and yeah. it seems to me that, and I might be, I'm going to ask you the question, but it seems like you're like, look, the clubs are what they are. I am what I am. Mm -hmm. How how do you view this uh, kind of not toxic relationship, Riff. but this, yeah. this 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 tough relationship right now between the two worlds, and you know how do you view it in 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 light of your program? I get it, you know, and and I like with what Coach Rensing said from Michigan State, you know, um, I want to get the best players for my program, so I'm going to go to the the next the MLS next games, right? Right. So you know, I understand if. A, <laughs> if a young lady is wanting to play at the highest level and she, for her to do that, she's going to have to skip out on high school to go play club. No problem. Okay. I want to do what's best for you. But my argument, you know, if I'm going to put my two cents in is watch those videos when we come back from the state championship and sure. you see when we come off the bus and all those people, and it's not just your family, it's the town is there yeah. mm -hmm. uh, students are there um i remember when coach mickler told you guys about how when they won there was a gentleman in the stands you know we've had the same same instance where a, a player who could have been with us whether it was with the boys or the girls and they're now on the other side they could have been celebrating with us there is nothing like playing for your high school team well let me ask you this though um, because there are other coaches that we know of, that we've talked to, that we continue to talk to, that 
to a degree, I'll, look, they take it personally. Like yeah. it, it is, it is a, it is an issue for them. I think that goes well beyond really being uh, objective yeah. with the, the landscape. Um, you don't have any shortage of players. No. So if and when you do lose players, mm-hmm. next guy up. Yeah, I mean you got you got a got to be you got a pipeline. You know, I they're taking your personal why. I that's not me. I'm not gonna you know. I'm not going to sit here and try to pressure someone to do something they don't want to do. If you feel that club is your best avenue to get to college, that's congratulations. All. Yeah, absolutely, congratulations. And and there's, I tell you know, I give them stories from what I've heard, from what I've seen. Like there's, I talk about this. There was a young lady who played at UCLA, Haley Macy, I believe is her name. She's now playing professional soccer. She didn't play for ECNL. She didn't play for these high, high pressure clubs. She wanted to be with her friends right. and play for a regular club team. She was also like a volleyball stud or whatever. But she put the work in. She sent videos. She made content. She did other. She went the other route and was still at the highest level. Well, okay. So you just described yes. What? Oh no. Nine. No. 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 This, this is a good thing. Do I drink? This is good. This is good. No, this is good. The parents. Good. The yeah. parents that are listening. Yeah. And the coaches I know that are listening to this that mm-hmm. do tend to lean on the more combative side. Yeah. You pointed out she did the legwork. Yeah. Her and her family did the work. Yeah. Yep. They probably made the videos. They probably yep. did the research. They probably had the email list. And First and foremost, she had the ability. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. and, and another, I was talking to my cousin about this. If you were going, if you're good, they're going to find they're you. They're going to find you. Yeah, you're going to get recognized. Yeah. Kevin Robeson said the same thing, who is arguably the coach at one of the coaches at the most successful men's program in yeah. America. Yeah. And we have we have huddle. So all of our home games yeah. are recorded. We give all of our players access yep. to that um, via, the, you know, all we do is plug in their email. Next thing you know, they're logged in. And they can do, if they want to send clips. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like, you're a high school, right? Um, You have resources at your disposal. And and I suggested to another coach offline, I'm like, look, you've got an AV department. If you want to start making a difference, why don't you take this film? Because they also have Huddle, the school I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Go to your AV department. Get some of the kids and say, hey, let's work together. These players need some highlight reels. Let's see if we can do something you know, college scouting or whatever, be part of that process. Right. It's a skill set. Like, I think high schools and the programs, the people that lead the programs, you got to start thinking outside the box yeah. and add to your soccer pedigree. Right. You your, know? your timeline um, is important. 2003, you started as an assistant at Triad. Mm-hmm. Um, with Villa as the head coach, and we, we've already talked about his history. Have you noticed the difference specifically at your games – in the recruiting aspect from 2003 to 2023 on the visibility that your girls are getting then and now. And I would imagine now your program is more successful than it's ever been uh, with the long history. But what is your take on that statement Um, or question? Yeah, well, I mean, Villa was great. Uh, he, He was a big fan of film. And so he recorded all, all the games. All those old guys. Yes. You know, they and all watched we those. watched film constantly before we went out to practice. So if anybody ever wanted film, all you had to do was ask it, ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just like it's at your fingertips, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're so plugged in. 
Um, like a girl could do it right after a game if she wanted to, you know? And so now it's just so readily available. Uh, well, I guess I'm speaking from the girls' game specifically. In 2003, when you're uh, – you guys won early. Mm-hmm. When you're up in Chicago, I would imagine um, – you know, Loyola, Chicago, some of these teams were at that state tournament, um, you know, or Marquette or whoever regionally was there watching the girls final four and all the classes in Chicago in 2003, in 2023, because, you know, on the boys side, um, we're talking 2004 and then into the late early decade of the 2000s is when the climate started to change and girls it was a little bit later yeah so my 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 question is is were their eyes on the final four in 2003 different from a collegiate um you know stance versus what they are in 2019 maybe because i in 2003 we actually though we had some girls go to big schools um and I don't know if it's, you know, some of those girls played for JB Marine. Some of those girls came over here and played for JB Marine. Um, but, um, you know, now I, I'm getting call, I'm getting calls from, you know, people, you're not going to get recruited in high school. I get calls from college coaches all the time. Well, you, and, that's great. Well, so, so the parallel, as far as like conversations that we've had and, and listeners have heard this, Vader, Vader talked about his relationship with yep. Kevin at yep. IU. And, you know, the only thing that has changed is that 20 years ago, the call would be, hey, who do, who do I have to take? Yeah. Today the call is, who hey, who am I missing? Yeah. You know, because of the the the, the way that the, the, the ECNL, GA, yeah. all that stuff. So, do you find yourself uh, kind of in the middle of that, or you know where? Um, I think because the, because again, I'm going to give you the opportunity here because there's going to be parents listening with kids that are younger that they're going to have a decision to make moving forward. So, to a degree, like. Start, start a little bit of a pitch, like how do you manage that process and the value add to a potential student playing for you? I get a bit of a mix. So it's not, you know, sometimes local coaches might say, hey, who am I, who do I need? Who am I missing? I'm looking for this. And then I'll give names. Um, you know, sometimes it's, I'll get a direct, hey, I'm looking at this girl specifically. What more can you tell me? You know, it's a bit of a mix for me. Yeah. Um, and it's all over. I mean, I've had some lower D1 to, you know, the top of the line JUCO um, looking for players. Um, but it's, you know. Uh, do, well, let me, let, me, let me just rephrase the question just a bit. Do you think high school should do more in establishing a protocol or a system to connect the dots better? To, to lay out at, at least a system or a pathway strategy for students to play at the next level. The crazy thing, you know, we don't get a lot of kids that want to play at the next no, level? No, no, no. That come to us as high school coaches and say, um, hey, can you help me get recruited here? It's not okay. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I would say the percentage is low. So they come in as freshmen, they have some success, they start to figure out in the meantime that they can maybe do this later on in life, and it's like, oh shit, what do I do? So, I I would say last uh, last year I had a girl was, hey, can you help me? And 
Absolutely. You know, our we've got one of our coaches. She's got a whole we've we've done a whole thing on like here's what your resume should look at. And I've had my uncle Bill look over this res. This is what you need to do if you're going to send us out. Here's what you're looking. Remind for. the listeners: Duke women's head coach, Colorado Buffaloes head coach. <laughs> and I use them all That's the time. Pretty good. If yeah. if someone asks me a question that I can't answer, I go to him, and he. But, Go ahead. So, I'm sorry. Matt, is that? Do you think that's that low percentage is because they are relying more so on their club yeah. resume? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I just want to be clear on that because I think that's the part that is a little different from the girls and boys, mm-hmm. right? So because it's still not as contentious, in my opinion, and you can throw something at my face or kick me under the table, but the academy club versus high school in the girls sport is still not as contentious as it is on the boys side in that a girl can play for her high school and still play at a high level ECNL. And, and, and I just read a stat yesterday, over 75% of the scholarships that came out for D one came from ECNL, mm-hmm. which meant they could play high school and ECNL only 25, actually about 23% came from GA. Mm-hmm. So are those girls that you're coaching relying more so probably on their club resume and the ECNL exposure for that kind of college. I think so. And, and what I get mostly is, Hey, here's where I'm at. I need a little more help. Sure. And then that's when we come in and it's a, it's a, it's a letter to a coach Sure. or it's, you know, but I, I I feel like it's more of, we're going to use our club status yeah, as the reference, and then if they need a kicker, I'm the kicker. Well, your your, your program, I mean, shit. If you guys win a state title, mm-hmm. that's icing on the cake for that that girl's resume, right? She's already, I think so, yeah. playing ECNL, playing at a high level. Oh, and by the way, I carried this team to I Chicago ca- and yes. beat everybody's yes. ass. Yes, yeah. And, and, I was and all the thing state. that's unfair, that yeah. what I think JB state. was referencing is what the high schools are doing on this side of the river or that side of the river, is the way that the ECNL clubs and the GA clubs are, pois- uh, are are posing it is they are setting up events around college ID events, and at some point somebody in the high school ranks is going to have to be able to say. Let's get these group of teams and invite colleges back into the table and let's play an event in our stupid Misha rules or whatever the Illinois governing body is to be able to approach colleges to get our student athletes to go to college. And so that's the advantage that ECNL, GA, MLS Next has because they are having events surrounded around colleges coming in to pick players up. And I, yeah. I, I don't want to say that we're, as high school coaches, we're not doing anything. You know, uh, I, yeah. we're not. No, that's no, no. not the case. I, you know, we we have always put our cards on the table for our kids. Whatever help you need, we are here for you. Um, we, you know, if you need a letter of recommendation, I will write you. I've written a ton of letter of recommendations for kids in schools. But I mean, you know, I, to say that they're not. You know, I'm not. We're not doing anything for them. I don't want. To, I don't want to come off that way. I don't I think am. Anybody, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We don't think that. No, I think I. It's one of those things that I, I. There's not an answer, but I think you would agree 
having grown up where you grew up, playing under a guy like Villa in a system in which academies didn't exist, playing on Bush teams that were traveling the country, kicking in teeth everywhere, you know, and as this timeline evolves and now you're in the world that you're in, in, in Troy, at this program and having the success that you are, you realize things are changing and there's not, there's not a there's not a black and white answer right. to this thing. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, and I and I think the other part of it is, and you said something like, you don't have a lot of kids coming to you asking. Here's what I'm going to say to that. Shame on the parents. Like, if the parents are going to add all this pressure on these kids consistently over time, like, you know, yelling on the sidelines and yelling at home and, and yelling at coaches about playing time and all that, why don't you have like a strategic, well, a strategy there too? Yeah, but I, I think there's another point here that there are a lot of girls and guys that want to play that don't want to play in college. They just want to have a great time to- playing yeah. high school. Totally, totally. Yeah. And they just want to win a hey, championship for their their community. Well, I shuffle it up a little bit. I, well, that's where I'm going with this because I've, you guys have seen me over here. Like, since we don't have a stat boy, we need a stat boy. Well, I'm I'm very good at stats, but no, you're, um, you're I'll let not. you go because yeah. I, I have to touch on something. If, if you're not going down this road, no, this is totally different. This is this is something that I want, I want to throw us a quick curveball because we were talking about Villa earlier. We were talking about how many wins. So I've done I've done the research. Now we know uh, he had 880 wins at Viani under wow. the men's program. He had 270 wins at uh, Triad. 1050. Oh, good job there. Um, 1150, 1050, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 1150. Uh, so he had that many wins, but here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at you, Matt, because your numbers are right below him. Uh-oh. He had 15 <laughs> years. Uh, 15, what do you think his win percentage was at Troy? Triad. 75, 77%, something like that? 79. Okay. Wow. Uh, you know what your win percentage is? 75, 77? <laughs> 79. Yes! Let's go! <laughs> nice. <laughs> you, yes! You're right there. Hell so. yeah. Congratulations. Um, hey, we have to talk about this. Your brother. Okay. Scott. Um, Dan. Dan, Dan, I said Scott. Uh, your Scott, dad, Scott's Scott. my dad. Dan. That's okay, Steve. Um, this is in the family. Dan. <laughs> John. Uh, Mr. Okay, Dan Jordan. Betlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, one-on-one radio personality before COVID. Yeah. Uh, done some other things. But he is now the women's and men's um, uh, broadcast partner with Mr. Soccer himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he's having a hell of a time. And I know that... Um, He's got people within those programs that are really appreciative of what he's doing. Yes. And he's doing a hell of a job. And I know his passion is soccer as well. And can you talk about your brother, Dan, a little bit? Yeah. So so my younger brother, Danny Betlock, also known as Danny Pants. Danny Pants. For those of the the loyal 101 ESPN, he was on the turn with uh, Anthony Stalter and Chris Duncan. Remember it well. uh, For for quite a few years. Uh, That was, he, he loved it. Uh, COVID hit and then, you know, radio stations had to make cuts, you know, for sponsors and, you know, the money situation. So, uh, um, but, uh, along with that, he, you know, this goes back for a while. He's been doing it for a while. He's been at St. Lucia university as their, um, their, their men's and women's soccer program, their announcer on the A10 network. Um, and he does, he does a fantastic job. He does. He's, he, you know, and he grew up. With our family, he knows he knows the game. Eating, breathing, yeah. sleeping. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and to do it along with you know Bill McDermott is, uh, you know, 
it's an honor for him. And he, he was funny. He, he called me last week and he said, hey, watch the game. I think uh, the women's team, there was a home game. I can't remember who they were playing. Uh, but anyway, he says, uh, watch the game. Give me some pointers at halftime. Let me know when you talk about it. I said, Bill McDermott's sitting to your left. Why don't you bring him on? <laughs> bring him on at He's halftime. He's been to every World Cup ever. Yeah. And get his game time analysis. Because Bill does, like, the PA system yeah. for the games. Yeah. You know, so he's not on air with Danny. And he's like, that's brilliant. Well, and so kinda, he did. It's kind of like this video I saw today. It was this guy talking about uh, the strategy for Man City last year. Yeah. It's like, how do we score goals? Uh, I'm going to pass it to Holland. <laughs> uh, I'm going to chip it up to Holland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to uh, just throw it over to him. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, if you got Bill McDermott sitting next to you. Yeah. There's, you know. Or Timmy Leonard talked about uh, Brian, Brian McBride. McBride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to throw hey, it up Coach in the box. Hey, Coach Joe, why, why do we have a strategy? Why don't we just <laughs> punt it up there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want to switch it up a little bit before we uh, wrap up here. I want to get your take on... Uh, 2023 St. Louis soccer, specifically our new bright, shiny toy uh, over there at City Park, and that is City SC. Um, being a kid that has grown up, you know, in, in, in the weeds of soccer in St. Louis and a family that obviously uh, eats, breeds, dies mm-hmm. on it, right? Yeah. Uh, how proud are you uh, when you see that stadium, when you see that team, when you look at the standings and... You know, all of it. What, what does this team mean to you as a, as a soccer family here in St. Louis? Uh, it's special. Uh, my dad's got season tickets. Um, he's taking mom mostly because mom <laughs> loves the game as well. But uh, he's smart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that stadium is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see as they develop around it. That's um, just going to, it's, you know, growing up for me, going to, um, you know, the indoor games, you know, down at the old arena uh, and, and playing with the orange soccer ball in the hallway, you know. <laughs> the size one. Yeah. Hand soccer. Yeah. Uh, you know. Dude, how bad did you kick Dave Beck's ass at hand soccer? Well, I can't say it on air because I'm sure he's going to listen. But, yeah, it was, pretty, <laughs> it was pretty intense. Oh, he didn't make it this far. No, no. But, <laughs> Most uh, people dumped out. <laughs> uh, Thanks to Jared. It, it's okay. It's, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time though that we got that the St. Louis City. Yeah, um, and it is it is such a great atmosphere and what they've. I mean, who would have thought that they've had the success this early on in the program? And uh, why do we need a city women's team? Well, and that's that's where I was going to go with this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually that's a very simple question, but I'm going to give you some clout in setting that question the answer up. Because part of the reason I think that the men's team is thriving is because of all these fucking programs that just kill it. Yeah. From Gallagher on the club side, Infuse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have all these high school programs over the years. There's a culture here yeah. that welcomed that team and is helping buoy it. Yeah. Um, the women's side, I think we all, you know, we're, we're expecting there to be a professional women's team. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. How, it has to be. So, how cool is it to know that? You are official. You, you, and your program are going to be a name that's going to be part of that same kind of tapestry, the foundation that when the team does come, assuming it comes soon, you're part of that. Are you excited about that prospect? And what what does it mean to you to see a women's professional team here in the in hopefully the near future? Yeah, I mean, if you know, it, it's still 
baffles me that the success that we've had it you know I, I, when I say baffle I mean like myself like you know I, I know with the kids that we've had come in the program of course we should be successful um, but it's still it's just you know it's mind-boggling that I've that I'm the one leading charge, kind of, sort of, you know. Um, but we wouldn't, with the talent that we have, we wouldn't be what we are. But, um, uh, you know, St. Louis needs a woman's professional. And I can't believe it hasn't succeeded in the past. Um, well, watching some of the, you know, when you go out to the soccer park, and, and even when they started SAUE, yeah. you know, it's like, how are they not? Who is, why are we not investing well, into this? I'll, I'll predict it will not take 27 years for us to get a women's uh, no. team. No, I agree. Touche. <laughs> there's, a. A. there's so many places to pull from. Granite City, Wentzville, St. Charles, St. Louis. Did you, say, did you say Wentzville? I thought Wentzville should have been first. Uh, a bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> a bullshit. <laughs> uh, someone's got to make him happy, right? <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. But there's, I mean, it's, it's such a big area of soccer love. and You know what I mean? Like, there's so many places to pull from. Yeah. It's going to happen. I agree. Yeah. You and know, why is Lindsay Evermeyer your assistant coach? Why? <laughs> well, look, <laughs> I mean, she's big time. She I is mean, big time. She's. She and she, you know, she coached at, uh, at Altoff High School for a bit, and um, you know, she's killing it, man. She's yeah. a very she's good doing coach. A good job. Very good coach. Hey, I'd be remiss to say this as we're, we're as here's the cue, and, and thank you cue. very much. And yeah. I would love to see your dad soon. Um, uh, this guy will kill me. He's a close family friend. Um, how many cigarettes do you think Chad Burton <laughs> smoked a game watching Katie Burton? <laughs> You said cigarette. You mean packs? Or, <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. He had enough for uh, many people. But uh, he, what a what a fan, ultimate fan. Yeah, sure. he's phenomenal. Well, Love that guy. I'm rolling this out here. It's that time. Oh man, we've a uh, Motley Crew. Yeah, absolutely. It's home sweet home. Gosh darn it. You like that? You guys, you guys all love this. Everybody in their car right now. Soccer. This is the only Motley Crew song I know. But yeah. Great. What do you girls, mean? This is girls, the only girls, girls. Come yeah. on, man. Oh my God, dude, watch the documentary. You're officially no, fired from. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Hey, no. Matt. Thank, dude. Thank you for joining thank you, us, Matt. man. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, thank you, Granite City and Pavias. I watched the Michael Jordan documentary. Pavia's place, Pavia. I want to be yeah, Tommy Pavia. V after watching that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, can, I, can I just say thank you to you guys for having me? Uh, you know, I. I I don't know why you're having me, but I appreciate it. And what you guys are doing uh, is great. A 79, uh, 79 win percentage, four state titles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, don't do, look no further than uh, well, statistics. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And you guys are doing a fantastic job. Please keep it up. Please. Can keep I get up. a triad shirt with four stars on it? Yeah, I got a hat for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go. With hat. Hey, you look like a trucker hat. Guys, thank, thanks for listening. Uh, do us a favor, man. Just click like, click follow. Uh, we haven't gotten an email in a while. We haven't. SoccerDadPod at GaslightSTL.com. We did send, that promo. Send us, send us a note. Yeah, what are we going to... You know what? I will offer... We will do a party of four. I'm going to call it on the spot. Party of Ooh. four. Shoot us an email at SoccerDadPod at GaslightSTL.com and tell us what you like about the show. And which one of us you don't like. And the winner, whoever has the best email, four Italian beefs and a bucket of beer on us. Ooh, at Pavius. At Pavius Place. Right. Oh, my God. That's going to be full of the Granite City dorks fucking emails. 
<laughs> well, it's a good thing your picture's not up on the website. Jared, 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 you don't need to worry about that. Given the fact that you don't know how to read, you won't know who they're talking about. Uh, you can drive a tractor, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out. Give us a follow. Thank you, Pinnacle Brothers and Axis Physical Therapy, Crescent Plumbing Supply. Appreciate all the support. Uh, we're going to roll out a little Motley Crew. Until next time, we'll see you.